Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Craig Dyson. My wife, Kara, and I are the pastors of Convo Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. All right, welcome, everybody. Worship was amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining, uh, joining with us today. We're going to get straight into the Bible, but before we do that, I just want to encourage you, as you already have been doing Just be chatting it up in the chat room. Talk to people. Click the hearts. Say amen. You can type it. That can be your digital amen. I've got a little bit of an amen crew behind me right here. They're going to be helping out a little bit. Might be a little rowdy, but that's okay. That's how we like it at Convo Church, even if we're social distancing outside of this room. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and go straight to the Bible. We're going to go to the book of Romans. And so if you have a physical Bible with you, that's fantastic. Go ahead and turn to the book of Romans in the New Testament. Or if you have the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, you can open that up as well. But even in the chat room, there's a really cool feature where you can click on Bible. You can look up the scriptures. It's a really cool feature. So go ahead and use that too. Uh, but I want to read to you from chapter 15 in the book of Romans. And uh, I've got one verse for you, just one verse to kind of kick things off. And I think this is going to be really good. God's going to take us somewhere today. But it's uh, verse 13, and this is what it says. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. And then you will overflow with confident hope. Somebody say confident hope. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I pray for you before we go any further? God, we love you, and we just thank you so much for your presence. We thank you that you're here with us today. You're in our homes. Uh, The Bible says where two or three are gathered uh, in your name, there you are right there in the midst of them. And God, we might be gathered separately. We might be gathered together, but Lord, we know that you're here. And so we pray that in the time that we have uh, today, that you would open up our hearts. Father, we want to receive from you. Open up our ears to hear. We don't want there to be barriers between you and us. So, Father, we just come before you today hungry and humble and ready to receive. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. So hopefully you've been having a good week. And uh, whatever, may be, uh, whatever may be happening, I know that there are some elements of life that are kind of slowly starting to open up again that we're all getting really excited about. But, but this past week, I was uh, talking to a friend of mine. And uh, just checking in with him and asking how, how his week had been, how's, how's life, how's the, uh, the, the quarantine, so to speak, and how's he handling things. And, and we were talking about business, we were talking about what it's going to look like when everything opens up and we start moving forward, whenever that happens. And he asked me the question, he's like, so, so when do you think that you know, church is going to open up here in the future for us to get together again? And, uh, and I just looked at him and I was like, man, I, I hope so. I hope so, right? How many times have you said that in the last couple of months when somebody asked you a question about what was going on, right? I hope so. And, uh, you know, I I don't know about you, but there's not a whole lot of hope in the word hope when I said hope so, you know, and it's kind of, it was kind of the same hope when somebody's like, hey, I hope I win the lottery or I hope my kids make their bed on their own without me having to say (laughs) something to them or you know, will, will 2020 actually be the year of awesome vision and achievement? Man, I hope so. We don't know. Uh, but we use that phrase all the time, don't we? We hope so. Hope doesn't sound super hopeful in those particular types of context, but, but I think something's going to change. And I feel like what we're going to get into today 
if you will stick with us throughout the, the remainder of this worship experience here online, God's going to speak something to you. And I believe even through worship already, God's been breaking something in your heart. And that might sound harsh, but it's actually not. It's a pretty powerful thing. God is, is, is shaking things to get our attention, to hopefully get us to redirect and refocus on who he is and what he is doing. So we, we're not just going to use the word hope in the same context of what I was just talking about. You know, we hope things are going to work out. Hope by itself actually is hopeless. It has to have a source that actually gives it the power of hope. But there's hope for hope. In other words, you can have uh, a confident hope. As a matter of fact, that's actually the title of the message today. It's my confident hope. And I want you to say that out loud. Come on, come on, crowd. Y'all can say it behind me. My confident hope. So we take notes because we do our best at Convo Church to not just speak to Sunday, but we're trying to speak to your Monday through your Saturday. And we, we really want you to know that what we're going to open up today is going to give you a confident hope that you can hang on to. It's concrete. It's solid. My confident hope. The strength of your hope is greatly determined by the strength of your source. Let me say that one more time because you're going to want to write that one down. The strength of your hope is greatly determined by the strength of your source. When I was a teenager, the house that we lived in, uh, I remember moving in, it had, uh, the water came from a well. It was a well system. I'd never experienced that before. I think I was 11 years old when we moved into this house. And, and it, was this, it was out in the country, so this well was uh, actually pretty dangerous now that I think about it. But it was like four feet wide, had this giant slab of concrete on top of it. And it was huge. I remember having to remove it a couple of times to kind of check the pump and Weighed, weighed a ton, and it was one of those things where you had to check underneath, and there was always black widows or something, so it was kind of sketchy. But one summer day, we were, had been in this new house maybe a few months, you wake up one day, and all of a sudden, the water didn't work. There was no water in the house. That's, that's not a good thing. When you're trying to cook, you're trying to hydrate, you're trying to flush a toilet for crying out loud, there's no water, it's not working out. And what had happened was the well had completely dried up. And so my poor parents, they had, to, they had to make that decision to dig another well. Well, they didn't dig it. They paid somebody else to dig it. But the well that was there before was kind of old school. It was kind of, uh, it, was, it was from another generation of technology. It was not a very deep well. And so that well itself was subject to the water table. It was subject to the level of water that was based on the circumstances of the water around it. So, but when they got the new well and new well drilling technology, that well was able to go very, very deep and not just to be impacted by the water table, but to actually tap directly into a source, a reservoir of water underground. And so in the future, we didn't have, we didn't have any problems. Whether it was dry, we still had water. If it was a drought, we were good because the source of our well was connected to something that wasn't going to run out. I guess you could say that, you know, when you look at the different determining factors around, you know, one of those old wells, uh, if you have a drought season, it's going to impact the water table. If you are next to a body of water or you're not next to a body of water, it's going to impact the strength of the water table that you're pulling from to hope that you have water for your house. And, and those are all varying factors that do play into whether or not you're going to be able to have water. But I guess we could call those factors circumstances. The circumstances around that well determined 
whether there was enough water in the well. And I wonder what circumstances for us are beginning to determine the strength of our source as well. You know, it's really, it's really hard to talk about hope without also talking about faith. Throughout Scripture, the two were, are always intertwined. And, and uh, it was funny, I was, I was preparing and studying this week and, and praying and getting ready for the message that I felt like God was putting on my heart. And I had this, this Scripture that was just, it was stuck in my head. And, uh, and I was really confident about it, you know, where there's just this thought that kept going through that I felt like it was a scripture. Where does my, where does my hope come from? My hope comes from the Lord. And I was just replaying this over and over and over again. And, uh, and, and, and as, as a preacher should, I figured I should get a, a scripture reference for this. So I got out my tools and I'm studying and making sure I could find the reference. And I could not, I could not find it anywhere. I was searching, you know, where does my hope come from? My hope comes from the Lord. As it turns out, my brain was completely misremembering a scripture. The Bible didn't say that. The verse that I was thinking about said something completely different. It actually said, where, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. And I think it's a little bit interesting as well that, that, that where our help comes from is going to be the thing that feeds the hope that's inside of us. And so I was kind of thinking about the right scripture, but at the same time, I kind of wasn't. But you know what? God was still speaking and God was still communicating. And so I began to dig in even more. And I was like, well, maybe that's not the right verse. Maybe there's some other ones that might kind of paint this picture of, of hope coming from Jesus and hope coming from God. And the more that I searched, I just was not able to find any scriptures in, in that particular specific context. And so I, I figured it's time for me to branch out. I may be on the, maybe the wrong, wrong topic or maybe I'm missing out on something here. And what I did find is that, is that we can have our hope in Jesus, that he can, that it's something that I can take and choose and I can see Jesus and I take my hope and I place it in him. But it was interesting that, that Jesus himself was not the, the singular source in the context for hope. And that's because it's not our hope that we get from Jesus. It's faith that we put in Jesus that unlocks a hope that is secure and is concrete for us. Hope comes from the well of your faith. So in this, in this particular analogy, faith is the well. Hope comes from the well. Hope gets unlocked when, a, when, when faith is tapped into the right source. But you have to put your faith in a reliable source in order, in order to produce the, the confident hope that we're talking about today. Not that 50-50 hope, not that maybe, I don't know, but kind of, but confident hope that you can stand on, that is firm, that will, that will not shake beneath your feet when everything else begins to shake. If your faith is shallow, kind of like that well that was at my, at my house when I was growing up, if your faith is shallow like that well, then the hope that that well produces is going to dry up when the circumstances change. And, I, and I've, I've seen that a lot right now. I've, I've actually had to wrestle with it myself. There's so many circumstances that are shaking around all of us, every single one of us. Nobody is untouched by the circumstances of the season that we find ourselves in right now. And I even found myself getting shaken by the circumstances and, and being pushed into different directions, even mentally of, uh, of stressing out about stuff that normally I wouldn't stress about or, or feeling anxious about certain details that were completely out of my control. And as I was studying, ironically, to preach a message, God was preaching to me. And he was saying, hey, you need to recheck your source. 
you need to recheck the well and determine whether your, your well is only shallow enough that it's being impacted by circumstance or whether you have your well tapped into the source that is me, that is Jesus Christ. I mean, it challenged me. So I'm really hoping today that I can communicate this challenge as well because we need to know that when we put our hope in Christ, it is a 100% hope. It's something that is secure, it's stable, and God's never going to let us down. If your hope is in money, then when the hope dries up or when the money dries up, your hope's going to dry up. If your hope is in the opinions of people around you, the moment that the opinions begin to get negative and hurtful, your hope is going to dry up. If your hope is just in people in general, come on, we love people, I'm a people, you're a people, we're all people, but we're not perfect and we kind of mess things up from time to time, right? And so if your hope is in me or if your hope is in another individual, eventually that expectation will not be met. And as a result, your hope will dry up as well. We got to understand that doubt is the enemy of hope. Doubt is the enemy of hope. And doubt begins to dominate us when we allow our faith, our well, to be determined by what is happening around us. Confident hope that we're talking about today, it comes from unshakable faith placed in Jesus Christ. And here's the thing, you don't have to be unshakable. Sometimes we put it on ourselves where I've just got to be, got to be strong, I've got to be tough, I've got to make this happen. And it's not on you. The, the, unsha- the unshakable factor is Jesus Christ. That's why we can lean on him. Because if, if, we, if we're depending on ourselves, we're going to miss it. If the faith is in our own ability, we will mess it up. But Jesus is the unshakable one. And so the truth is, is that Christ can never be shaken by the circumstances of life. Shelter in place or no shelter in place, Christ is where I place my hope. COVID vaccine or no vaccine, Christ is where I place my hope. Conspiracy or no conspiracy, Christ is where I place my hope. Unemployment check come in yet or not, Christ is where I place my hope. Come on, stock market up, stock market down. It doesn't matter. Fake news, real news. It's not going to shake Jesus. Jesus is where we are going to put our hope. So listen, if you're struggling with fear, anxiety, uh, depression, Jesus Christ is where we place our hope. And and we're not just going to hang on to our struggles and hope that Jesus comes through. Here's the cool thing. You don't have to hang on to them anymore. You can let them go. You can lay them at the feet of Jesus. And he he wants you to do that so bad. He wants you to surrender the things that you can't control. And he wants you to surrender the things that are dominating you, that are not producing life. Lay them at the feet of Jesus. And watch the unshakable faith that comes from Christ and the hope that we are able to tap into because of that bring fresh, brand new life into your your life. Sometimes we we have to kind of go to this point because, um, man, when I was younger, I used to really struggle when something didn't go right spiritually in my life. Man, I judged myself so hard. I was like, man, I should know better. Or I should be acting better. Or this shouldn't, this shouldn't trip me up like it trips up other people as if I was better than somebody else or something crazy like that. No. So we have to ask ourselves a question. Okay, am I, am I a horrible person if I'm struggling with hope? Am I, is, my, is my salvation not real if, if I find myself being shaken by this season? No, absolutely not. It means that you're a human being. It means that you're a real person. Just like you, just like me, just like all of us. 
And as long as we're here in this world, there's going to be that aspect of imperfection that's inside of us that we constantly have to take and give back to Jesus and ask him to replace those things. We have limitations. That doesn't mean we have to stay there. Sometimes we get stuck in those moments, right? We, we see our limitations. I hear people say all the time, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just a sinner saved by grace anyway. And I'm like, well, if you're saved by grace, you're no longer a sinner. So stop labeling yourself something that doesn't exist anymore. Stop seeing yourself in a way that Jesus no longer sees you. Does it mean that you will never sin again? Probably not. But that's not your identity anymore. And so just because we have those struggles and those hiccups and just because we don't, our, our hope isn't on point all the time and our faith sometimes feels like it's shaken, it's okay. Just remember where to go back to the source. Remember the well. Remember that it's not, Jesus doesn't change because things change around us. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So seasons are going to come and go. But Jesus will always be there. He will always stay the same. So please, stop condemning yourself. Stop being so hard on yourself. Hey, if God can give you grace, you can give yourself grace. All right, so I'm going to give you just a few things as we wrap this up. How do I dig a well of faith to tap into my confident hope? How do I dig this well? All right, here's the first one. Start with a declaration of faith. A declaration is what you declare with your mouth. And that's not a spiritual thing. You and I, we actually do it every day all the time. We declare things in our life all the time. Sometimes it's good, sometimes not so good. Sometimes you wake up, you're like, man, today's going to be horrible. Well, you just declared, you made a declaration that today is going to be horrible. Or maybe on the opposite side, you woke up and you're like, you know what? Feeling great. Today's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. And more times than not, when you're making that type of declaration, it will have a positive impact on your day and on your outcome. Every time you get hit, with a circumstance that wants to produce doubt inside of you, man, you just need to declare out loud, even if it feels weird in the moment, you say it out loud, I choose to put my hope in Jesus Christ, not this circumstance. If you find yourself stuck on Facebook and you can't get off, and you are surrounded by the thoughts, comments, and opinions of everyone around you, You need to tell yourself, I am not defined by what I am seeing right now or what is being said to me. I will declare that I put my hope in Jesus Christ, not in this circumstance. Psalm chapter 42, verse 5, it says this. uh, the, The psalmist says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? There's some personal reflection taking place here. And then he goes from there and instantly goes into a declaration. I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. Just because you praised him before doesn't mean it was a one-time thing that you never do again. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Declare this into your life, and it's going to do something substantial. I will put my hope in my Savior and my God. My circumstances will not determine my faith or my hope. Here's number two. Don't get stuck in a season. I kind of hinted to it before. But we just need to understand this, that that we live in a world of seasons. We just do. We're surrounded by four seasons. If you live in a beautiful place like Reno, Nevada, where we have beautiful four seasons. But seasons come and seasons go. And the things that we face right now will 100% eventually change. 
The hardship that is in front of you right now will not be there forever. The challenges you're facing right now will not always be there forever. Businesses will reopen. Churches, at some point in time, we will get back together in person. And all the, all the introverts, maybe give it a week or two, because the extroverts are going to lose their minds the first time they're around people. Our, our, ne- our, our in first in-person 60-second convo, I'm, I won't be able to control it. I already know that's going to happen. We're not going to be doing this putting chairs six feet apart mess. We're going to get back together eventually. It's a season. It's going to, no, we're not putting chairs six feet apart. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Kids will go back to a physical school eventually. <laughs> not this year, but eventually. You will be able to travel eventually. Come on, just don't allow your mind to get stuck into a season that says this is never going to end. It's never going to end. No, it, it will. It will change. New seasons will come. New life will come. And the cool thing about God is that he never changes, but at the same time in our world, he's always bringing something new. And we get to tap into that hope. Number three, remove doubt factors. Remove doubt factors. What is producing doubt in your spirit right now? Remove them. That's not rocket science. It's not crazy deep theology. But sometimes there are things and there are elements that are speaking into your life. And it could be a person. It could be social media. It could be watching too much news. It could be looking at the stock market too much. There are things from the outside influencing your environment that you do actually have the ability to control. You can't control it all. We know that. You can't get rid of everything that you just don't like. But we're talking about the factors that are playing a role in bringing doubt into your life. Doubt's trying to squeeze the life out of hope. Doubt's trying to make you question every level of your faith. Doubt's trying to make you think, hey, I thought Jesus was enough. Then how, why am I struggling so bad? Well, Jesus didn't change, but you're walking through something. And so you got to get rid of the doubt factors. Maybe if you can quietly and discreetly and politely unfollow, mute, unfriend, get out of a group, stop watching the news, at least maybe as much, and give yourself an opportunity to be in a fresh environment where you allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your life. You allow the, the well that you are digging to get deeper where it needs to get to tap into that reservoir that isn't going to be impacted by the circumstances of life. Remove those doubt factors. And here's the next one right here. Get into the word. Get into the word. There is, there is no shortcut as a Jesus follower in getting closer to God than getting into his word. We call it his word because literally it's the word of God. It's, it's his, his love letters to humanity. It's the instructions that he gives us for how to navigate this crazy thing that we all face called life. A couple of verses here that I love that are so powerful in Psalm chapter 119, verse 105. The psalmist says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. You know, if you've ever walked around in a dark situation, it's easy to trip, right? It's easy to stumble. It's easy to walk into something. But when we have God's word illuminating our life, it literally opens up the pathway for us to walk. 
It'll show you what direction to take, where to go, where not to go. Hey, this is a great idea. This might not be such a great idea. I love God's word. He, if, you, if you take the time to dive in, God does not uh, limit what he communicates through his word. God is very, very communicative when it comes to his word. And I'm always surprised and blown away at the statistics that come out about Christians and Jesus followers that, that they, don't, they don't know God's word. They don't spend any time in God's word. And it's never about a religious duty. Right. It's never about checking a box of what you did and you can move on with your day. It's about life support. Yeah. It's about soul support. It's about your spirit. Yeah. And the more that you get into the word of God on a daily basis, you're going to see that well go deeper and deeper. You're going to see faith come up inside of you like never before. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Not the word of your friends, not the word of the news, not the word of social media, but the word of God. Hebrews 4, chapter 4, verse 12. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. Come on. This is not some weak religious book. This is the power that can, that can begin to unlock things inside of you that you've never seen before, especially when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of our life and he opens up our eyes and our spirit to what God is really speaking to us. There is no more circumstantial Christian than the one who doesn't know God's word. They allow the circumstances of life to dictate even what their faith is. Listen, our belief system as a Jesus follower should not change just because our circumstances have changed. The truth of God's word is truth before you were on this planet, and it will be truth after you were on this planet. God's, God's reality is powerful for all humanity. 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked on this earth, thousands of years before when he spoke to his people, and even thousands of years later now where we are right now, God's word wants to give you power over circumstances so that you can begin to live this hope-filled life as a Jesus follower. Here's the last one right here. Surround yourself with hope-filled people. I've always been told, real recognizes real. (laughs) And you can either try to follow Jesus and still surround yourself with people that aren't interested, and you're going to struggle. You have to surround yourself with people who are going in the same direction as you are as a Jesus follower. Because you're not going to be removed from the people in your world all the time that don't know Jesus. You're going to be there. Maybe it's work, maybe it's family, maybe it's just your friends, and that's okay. But listen, you need to know that you have people around you who are going to encourage you, who are going to pray with you, who are going to walk with you. When you trip and fall, they're not going to kick you and step on you, but they're actually going to grab you by the hand and lift you up. You need to surround yourself with hope-filled people. You need community with other Jesus followers. You cannot do it alone. You cannot do this thing alone at all. Come on, our world is filled with hopelessness. We don't have to look far for that. And, uh, and is in desperate need of those who can demonstrate real, confident hope when it comes to all these different circumstances that all of us are facing. We're kind of, we're not, maybe not all same boat circumstantially, but we're all in the same body of water that's shaken. And we, know, we all know that we need a sense of hope. We need a sense of direction. But I want you to think about this as we wrap up this time together, just like light only really becomes visible in darkness, hope only becomes visible when circumstances are hopeless. A theologian, G.K. Chesterton says, hope means hoping when things are hopeless. 
It is only when things are hopeless that hope begins to be a strength. It's kind of like, hey, my faith is strong when everything is going great. But you know the element and the strength of your faith when things begin to be shaken. It's the same thing when it comes to our hope. Listen, if you can tap into the source that feeds hope, that you take your hope and you place your hope in Christ, and that faith begins to grow and your hope strengthens, and Christ begins to come more and more alive inside of you, I'm telling you that as you go back into the world around you and those that are struggling without hope, you're going to be able to be a light that shines in their darkness. People are going to wonder, you're going through the same thing they're going through. How come, how come you seem to be doing so well and I seem to be struggling so much? Come on, God doesn't do something in you just so he can do something in you. God does things in you because he knows, like that first verse that we read when we open things up, that it wants, he wants to, that hope to, to be an overflow that comes out of you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's put that hope to action in our life. Let's dig deep wells as Christ followers. Let's allow that confident hope to flow in us and through us as God continues to place us in the world around us to love people and to be that lifeline to connect them to the hope, the love, the grace of Christ. Amen. Can I pray? I'm going to pray for every single one of us because this, this isn't one of those things where we say, hey, if you need hope, let's pray for you. We're all in this, right? So we're going to pray right now. And uh, even if you're willing to, if you would just kind of take your hand and place it on your heart. And uh, I'm, I'm praying that as, you, as you've listened to the message, as worship has impacted you, as you've seen even the people interacting and loving on each other online and the chat rooms and stuff like that, that, that God's been softening and opened up your heart. But I want to give you hope in this moment to let you understand that, listen, God's doing something special. And if you continue to put your faith in him, he will get you through this season. Hope will continue to rise, and it will rise on a source that will never be shaken. Father, we love you so much, and I pray for every individual who's watching. I pray that you would, right now, that you would continue to reveal yourself to us. Father, thank you that it is your love and your grace that even draws us to you. We didn't find you. We didn't search you out. We didn't discover you. Lord, you've been chasing after us with that love and grace our entire lives, and we thank you for bringing us to you. And so, Father, I pray for those right now who may say, I, I just, I'm starting at ground level. I'm, I'm going to dig, but I got a long ways to dig. Listen, it's not by your might and it's not by your power. It's by the Spirit of God who's going to give you the power to do these things. And we just pray, God, that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them. Father, we thank you that our hope will never be forsaken when we're placing it in you. Thanks again for listening to the Convo Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message, do us a favor. Subscribe to this podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and share our podcast with your family, friends, and team members. If you live in the Reno area, come and be a part of Convo Church. Check us out on ConvoChurch.com and follow us on social media at Convo Church. We'll see you next time here on the Convo Church Podcast.